Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, Elizabeth Dutton. Zarin. I Burnett. have been looking for you. Have you? Yes. I'm elusive. I know. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's ridiculous? Yes. I knew you'd know. I know. So we uh, got a message or a comment and apparently some messages that we can't find from someone on Instagram. Uh, they showed me it was my shooting star 038. That's the person? Yeah. And okay. she was very, very excited about this. Okay. And uh, I guess uh, she left us a message about a mashup oh, no. that was passed along to me. Oh, you and your army of people designed uh-huh. oh, to thwart my you have happiness. No idea. You have no idea my standing <sighs> army of of rude dudes who go out scouring the world finding me these I things. was so happy in my bliss of ignorance, but no, you guys got to throw these mashups at me. All right, well, what do you got for me? What do you, what mashup do you have? Well, with its blend of 23 flavors, <laughs> uh-huh. Dr. Pepper has long been a secret ingredient among top barbecue pit masters. That actually is true. I know. The 23 original flavors of Dr. Pepper give this batch its name and its amazing flavor, sweet and sassy success. <laughs> It's uh, the Serious Bean Company, which I didn't know existed, makes uh, Dr. Pepper sweet and a bit sassy baked beans. Baked beans? Yeah. Dr. Pepper baked beans? I mean, I've had barbecue with Coca-Cola in it, Mm -hmm. Uh Coca-Cola, as they say, Uh, and I've had it with Dr. Pepper. Oh, yeah, and I bet you've had Sprite cake. Oh, yeah, 7-Up. And did you know where I was living in the rural South and South Carolina, Mm -hmm. they had a recipe for peach enchiladas? What? Now, I thought it would be peaches wrapped in tortillas. Yeah. No. No. It's peaches laid down, and I think there's like some sort of like biscuits, those biscuit tins. Oh, yeah. Huh? But then you pour Mountain Dew over it and bake it. What? Yeah. Like how much? Like just d- I don't know, like a, a can's can worth. Just... I don't know. Huh. Yeah, it was a, it was a gruesome mixture. Is it, like, imagine super sweet, but is it like crystalline? Like, is it like I does didn't it caramelize? Need it. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, need okay. It. Well. Um, <laughs> so there are reviews for these. You know, it got some good reviews, some not so hot reviews. Uh-huh. It made me think of a long time ago. I mixed Diet Dr Pepper and Jack Daniels, and it tasted <laughs> like sawdust. I bet it. I don't did. know if that was a one off, but I think it always does. <laughs> so yeah, some of the people thought this stuff was too sweet. Dr. Uh Pepper baked beans were a little too sweet for my taste, said Red Sox 26. The flavors didn't seem cohesive. Seven months ago. I would trust a Red Sox fan on baked beans. (laughs) Very true. Uh, Seven months ago, Anderson said, very interesting taste. I would have never thought of Dr. Pepper and beans. (laughs) Okay, thank you, Anderson. And then a spittle Uh three, a spittle three, said, not a can of soda. These beans are really good. They do not taste much like the soda at all, though. That's not a bad thing. This flavor is sweet, not salty, but still very savory. I prefer a good black pepper kick. So I just added some after a few bites. Personally, I think that's all these beans are missing to be great. I love all these foodies leaving reviews on the Dr. Pepper baked beans like website or whatever this is. Like, it's oh, you the know, Serious Bean Company website. Try now, with some Himalayan salt. I find it really brings out the beans. I'm very particular, though. If I'm going to make something like this, I'd want to add my own. Uh-huh. 
I don't know. Not that there's your well, own what, like food. Like I could brew my own Dr Pepper. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> then grow the beans. I like to control the ingredients. I like to know the source. <laughs> You're a foodies, foodies, foodies. Yeah, sure. Uh huh. Well, if you got a second, I no. got a story for you that's really ridiculous. I'm just sitting here eating a can of beans. Yeah, I know, cold too. Cold. I think that spoon. So good. Well, you know, I got a clean spoon if you want. Yes, please. Okay, thank you. One second. Uh, but in the meantime, how about a story? Yes, please. Okay. This is the story of a woman who was a white collar criminal. Okay. Kinda. And by that, I mean she, well, you know how I always say if you're going to steal, steal big? Yeah. Okay, well, she listened. Well, she actually preceded me. But oh, it wasn't okay. that she listened at all. But well, over her career, <laughs> she stole somewhere in the neighborhood of $3 million in jewelry. Ooh. Yeah, she's known as America's greatest living jewel thief. Her crime career lasted 70 years. She kept a fistful of fake passports. She had at least nine identities, 11 different social security numbers. Her FBI file is reported to be six feet long. What? Yes. She also has an Interpol file and a Scotland Yard file because she international like that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. International. See, I'm still stuck on six feet of paper. I know, right? Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's like, you know, Congress printing styles. <laughs> anyway, international jewel thief without equal. Her name is uh-huh. Diamond Doris Payne. Oh, what a great name. <laughs> This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Elizabeth. Saren. I bring to you today story. (laughs) And this story begins in the tiny forgotten hamlet of Slab Fork, West Virginia. Slab Fork, ooh-wee. Population 200. Oh. Yeah, have you ever been to uh, Slab Fork? No, I can't say I've graced their Your streets. travels have never taken you there? Hmm. No. Well, if you had been there, you would have learned that it is the uh, hometown of our antihero of today, Diamond Doris Payne. Mm-hmm. She was born in Slab Fork, West Virginia, on October 10th, 1930. Now, surprisingly, despite its tiny size, old Diamond Doris is not the most famous person from Slab Fork, West Virginia. Really? If you'd care to take a guess at who might also be a famous Slab Fork, son West or daughter of Slab Fork, well, I would West Virginia? Make this into 20 questions, but mm-hmm. that would drag this out. Okay, I'll give you a hint. Time. It's a singer. Okay. And uh, he sings songs that he, you know him. John Denver? No, good guess. Bill Withers. Oh, wow. Yeah, Bill Withers is apparently from this town. Okay. So it's a tiny town in Raleigh County, uh, right there along Route 54, hmm. as if I know where that is. <laughs> now, uh, what I do know is it's the kind of place that people, like the locals, struggle to escape, right? And yeah. Diamond Doris Payne, she was like, I'm not about this life. Because mm-hmm. this is the kind of place that currently has like a median income about 20% below the U.S. national average. Sure. It's very West Virginia, coal well, mining very country. Rural community, yeah. Yes, exactly. So little has changed since Diamond Doris Payne grew up in Slab Fork, right? Mm-hmm. But she managed to get out. And the way she managed to do this was... A life of crime. Nice. So she didn't choose crime, though, because she felt like, oh, I'm less than and I would just like like to strike back at the world. Or I'm some poor girl who needs to steal her way out of slab forked and I would just want to grab finer things. No, none of that was her stuff because luckily we have for us and our entertainment. Diamond Doris Payne has written a memoir as well as been the focus of a documentary. She's done numerous interviews. She likes press. I like that she wrote a book. We rely on that. Yes, exactly. So I got plenty of things in her own words. So in the words of Doris Payne, she said, I had all the things every little girl had. I was not raised to believe anyone was better than me because of skin color or that there was anything that I could not have. It turns out what it was was she just really liked stealing diamonds. Like that was her ammo, right? Totally into it. And as she grew up, this became more and more self-evident. The more she was around diamonds, the more she was like, hey, (laughs) I just can't keep these sticky paws off these things. (laughs) So like Loretta Lynn, she was, I said, raised as a coal miner's daughter. Mm -hmm. Now, her father was a black man, David Payne. Her mother was a Cherokee woman named Clemmy Payne. And while she was still a little girl, Diamond Doris relocated with her parents from West Virginia to neighboring Ohio. And she was about a teen at this time. So when she gets to Ohio, she decides, I'm going to reinvent myself. Yeah. Right? So being, you know, a teenager, she turns to the imitation of adults. Right, right. right. she's like, quote, from a little girl, I like to dress up. I had my purse and my hat. I played a game by myself called Miss Lady. 
Miss Lady. Yeah, so, That's so cute. So her Miss Lady was based on careful study of the actress Vivian Leigh. Mm, you know, Scarlett mm-hmm. O'Hara and Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. So she projects onto her all of her dreams of adult femininity. And so this is where she also first learned to carry herself in a way that made nervous jewel store employees relax their suspicions because she was Miss Lady. I, I Next time I have to, like, get dressed and go out somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call myself Miss I'm going to do Miss Lady. Yeah, look in the mirror. You looking good, Miss Lady. Exactly. Now, her crime career, it starts informally. She uh, pulls off her first job when she was just 13 years old. 13? Yes. It wasn't a diamond, though, when she started at 13. Uh-huh. So her mother made her a promise, you know, she'd get her a new watch if she got good grades, which Doris did. She was good to her word. And her mother took her to her jewelry store because she was also good to her word. And she said, let's go pick you out a watch. So they get there. And remember, this is, you know, basically... Parts of Ohio and parts of Indiana are a lot like the South, Mm -hmm. right? The southern parts of those states in particular. If you're outside of a major city, you're going to, especially at this time, encounter a lot of racism, essentially. So this is what happens, right? The store owner is waiting on her and her mother. And they're surprised because the store owner is friendly. He is attentive. He shows them numerous watches. Mm -hmm. This is not at all what they expected when they went into the store, Right. right? A second customer comes into the store, a white man, and all of a sudden the store owner He leaves the mother and the daughter to go wait on this white man, right? But first, he had to make it clear to them that he is not cool with black people. He had to make it clear to the new customer, right? So he ordered Doris and her mother to leave the store, right? Now, this is his big mistake because he has forgotten that Doris has tried on a watch. (gasps) So his racism makes him stupid. And he then just sends her out of the store and it costs him because Doris and her mother do as instructed. They leave the store. And down the block, Doris notices that she still has the watch on. She did not intentionally walk out of the store with the watch. And her mother didn't think she'd wa- she still had the watch on. It's just a harmless mistake. So she stops. And Doris is about to go back to the store and return the watch and do the good thing. And all of a sudden, she's like, you know what? To hell with that racist. Yeah, no, it's the racism tax. Yeah, he's like, you told <laughs> you me to get it. out. I listened to you. So <laughs> if your dumb head wants me out of your store for your reasons, well, your bigotry is going to cost you. And yeah, so she yeah. let him. And she decides to keep the watch. As nice. Diamond Doris put it, it was punishment. In the back of my head, I was saying, take that. So this little girl realizes yeah. that crime can be a way for her to balance the scales of injustice in her society. Well, and the guy, he was going to make money on them. Totally. And, they yeah, came in to purchase, and they were doing all the stuff that you want people to do. Like yeah, exactly. Parents rewarding children for achievement, all this stuff. And then they're like, oh, I got to show out for this other guy, so need yeah. to get out of here. What right? a small, pitiful life that guy has. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Pity the man. So, but anyway, Diamond Doris Payne, yeah, okay, she so learns a vital lesson. One that would stay with her for the rest of her days. And the lesson was this, Elizabeth. If she wanted to walk out with an expensive item, all she apparently needed was a distraction. Yeah. Right? So this is when she begins to practice her life, her future life, as a master criminal. So at age 16, she and her girlfriend would go and they'd hop on a bus and they'd take the three-hour trip over to the big city of Cleveland. Uh-huh. And then they would go down to the jewelry stores and they'd pull off the old five-finger discount, like <laughs> at a place like Woolworths. And then, they, you know, then they would get back on the bus and... Now, this isn't Doris's words. She was basically talking about how these other folks on the bus would see her and her girlfriend. She Mm -hmm. said, quote, some black woman who rode in the back of the bus like every other black Cleveland woman headed to her subservient job. So she knows people are looking past her, right? Yeah. But this is not at all how she sees herself, right? She said, quote, on weekends, I was Doris Payne, jewel thief in training. So everyone else sees subservient black woman in the back of the bus. She's like, I am a cat criminal. (laughs) You just do not know. Now, 16-year-old Doris Payne, she and her girlfriend... Yeah, as I told you, they've been taking their trips to practice stealing watches from Woolworth. She eventually gets good at this. She graduates from high school without getting caught as a young thief. Mm-hmm. She starts to life as a nurse in a nursing home where she, you know, she's wanted to get out of her house. So she gets a job. So things are going well. Her father was an abusive drunk. So he basically pushed her out and decided, you know, I, I just need to get some stable job. Right. So while she's doing this, she's also worried back, you know, leaving her mother behind with this man who's violent. So she plans, you know, if I'm going to make a life for myself, I need to square away moms before I bounce. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So while she's working at the nursing home in Cleveland, she would then travel to Pittsburgh, you know, neighboring Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. if you know the western Pennsylvania, Ohio border. Mm-hmm. And she'd go over to Pittsburgh on her days off, and there she started pulling off her first jobs, like her first real jobs. Smart like, to go out of town. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. She, she used to call them campaigns. So she's like... Her campaign? Yeah, I'm going to go on a campaign to Pittsburgh. So she, oh she'd go on a campaign for the weekend, and Doris would walk into a jewelry store and then walk out with, like, for instance, the first time, a $22,000 diamond ring. 
What? Yes. And that's in that day's dollars that in, or today's? That was in that day's dollars. Shazam, yeah. that's a lot of money. It was like her biggest score to date, right? Even today, that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a sizable chunk of change, especially for like a young woman, right? right? So right. she she's terrified she's going to get caught. She's actually pulled off like what she's practiced at Woolworth, right? And she's convinced <laughs> someone's following her from the jewelry store, so she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know where to hide out. She's new to Pittsburgh, so she goes to the Greyhound bus terminal. Yeah. And she hides out in the woman's bathroom in a stall and she spends the entire night there. She's like, quote, I fell asleep with the stolen ring pinching my left breast. Oh. Can you think of a worse place than a Greyhound bus <laughs> oh, station God. bathroom stall to the spend smell. the night? Oh, no. So she wakes up after her night in the Greyhound bathroom stall and she's all ready to like return the stolen ring. She's had time to think about it. She's like, what was I thinking? I can't believe I'm trying to get away with this. And then she's headed back to the store, just like with the watch. She's like, I'm going to go be the you know good yeah. girl that I know I am. Her guilt hounding her. But then while she's walking, her resolve starts to soften, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it wilted and then it disappeared yeah. entirely. All yeah. resolve gone. She spots a pawn shop and she's like, oh, she changes her mind about returning the ring. She <laughs> hits up the pawn shop and she hawks the $22,000 ring for about a third of its value, walks out with seven grand, goes home oh. and goes, mom, here's a new life. <gasps> Wow. Yes. So, and she says, like, Mom, get a house, get away from dad. And her mother does exactly that. Yeah. She goes and gets herself a new house. She leaves her, her husband. We do not know what comes of her father, but they, these two are now safe and yeah. away. And so crime has freed them, right? Yeah. So now, I mean, that's, that was her only option in order to get money like that oh, completely. in the time frame she If needed. you wanted to make a big move, like you had to basically turn to crime. So yeah. she's like, look, before Jay-Z, I'm going to Jay-Z this moment. <laughs> I have big dreams. And I'm not going to let my position in society squelch them. Right. right. So she's like, I'm about this life. And she imagines as well. I'll backtrack for a second. I told you that she was the focus of a couple documentaries. Mm -hmm. One was by Netflix, and uh, the producer of that is a woman named Yunetta Boone. And she was talking in the 2013 film about Diamond Doris Payne, explaining how she was at this time. And she said, quote, those things that can set in the mind of a young girl, I'm never going to be under the thumb of a man. I'm going to be the judge of my own destiny. I really think that alone drove Doris. I think that was the day that empowered her, the day yeah. that she freed her mother from yeah, her father with crime. Sure, so yeah. crime empowers her. Not only does it allow her to escape these forced identities cast on her, but mm -hmm. now also she's able to do things for other people in her yeah, life. So she's yeah. like, this is, I'm, I'm doing this. She's getting a thrill from it. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. There's that too. And <laughs> a big part of why a person turns to crime is it feels good. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. But she also is at this point pretty much set in her life. She's like, you know what? I am probably not going to couple off. I'm going to be Diamond Doris Payne soloing through the world. In her words, she said that marriage, quote, ties you to brutality. Oh, wow. She had a dark view of marriage. Right? <laughs> so once she gets her mother free of her abusive father, Doris makes her mother an offer. She's like, hey, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm really good at this. Do you want to be my fence? And her mom's like, oh, baby girl, um, I love what you did for me. I love the new house, but no. But big nope. <laughs> so she's like, you know, I, I can't help you with that. So she's like, are you sure? Because I'm moving hot rocks here. Get, get you? And she's like, nope, I'm not down. So my mother's like, okay, fine. Uh, you know, baby girl, you just do your thing. And uh, I won't tell anyone. And she's like, okay, but occasionally if I send you money, that cool? Oh, of course, well, that'll be cool. So she accepted the proceeds. She'll take the cash. She just doesn't want to risk taking the heat, I guess. Exactly. Well, I wouldn't either. Also, she doesn't, I don't think she trusts herself to go in and be the fence, like, you know, going into the uh, the, the like pawn shops to hawk jewelry yeah. or whatever. I don't oh, think I she do thought it. much of herself. Yeah, in that regard. So she's yeah. like, look, I'll take the four-bedroom house in Shaker Heights, and we're cool. I, I couldn't do any of this. One time I was at uh, a store... Like a bit, it was Old Navy, uh -huh. I admit it. And it was like years and years ago when I bought two shirts and I walked out looking at the receipt and I thought, man, that was cheap. And I realized they'd only rung up one of them uh -huh. and I had two in the bag and I went back and I said, you didn't charge me for this uh -huh. other shirt. And the lady looked at me and then she goes, just get out of here. <laughs> that was the, that was my criming. She's like, come on. Yeah, really? I mean, like, she rolled her eyes at me. Like, how far did you walk back from? Yeah, basically. <laughs> so once, her, once she has her mother squared away, Doris is now set for herself. She's like, I'm going to go be Doris cramming on my alone. And mm -hmm. she said, and I quote, a woman practicing being a world-class jewel thief wasn't going to be home much. So she's just ready to hit this road. Yeah. And off she goes. A black woman existing in a supremely limiting time in her own way. She basically spreads her criminal wings and just flutters away from Cleveland, right? But she, as I just pointed out, 
she decided to lean into crime, as Sheryl Sandberg might put it, right? <laughs> she, this is like her view of feminism she at was the a time. Girl boss. Exactly. She was girl boss in the hell of the 1950s. <laughs> so her modus operandi, in case you were curious, is rather simple. I've kind of laid it out for you, which is that she would pull the Miss Lady Act, but there was a lot more to that. She did what you often tell us and remind me, which is to act like you belong somewhere. Yes. She would go one step further, where she would dress like she belonged somewhere mm-hmm. and act that way. So she put on as much of the comportment as she could and oh, yeah. then all the fine. Right. So she'd use her Miss Lady routine, her Scarlett O'Hare inspired act. And then then she would go and she'd hang out with these ladies of elegance and wealth and she would watch them and she would practice them. And then she would imitate them when she goes swanning into a jewelry store and she tried to act like all they did whenever they were looking at select pieces of jewelry, mm-hmm. same hand gestures, the same lift of the wrist, everything mm-hmm. she did. She was basically an actress. Right. So a typical move would be for her to go into a store and she would do all of the stuff I just described, the, the, the graceful, elegant movements, the, the lilting voice. And then she would ask to try it on a piece of jewelry. The employee would be like, you know, sometimes suspicious, whatever. But they would be like, you know, give her a ring to try. And then she would accidentally lose that ring, you know, while she's talking to the person, (laughs) right? Uh So she'd hopefully have like multiple rings, like two or three out. She loses one of them, right? Yeah. And so while she's doing that, then she would eventually quickly, rather, you know, promptly grab the ring and then return it and then be like, oh, look, we we misplaced this. I dropped this, whatever it was. And then the employee, because this is now allayed their fears of thievery, she's earned their trust, earned their friendship, and they stop watching her with that hawkish eye and yeah, that's yeah. when she suddenly does the real move once she wow. had them so yeah, she would okay. earn their trust and then she'd be like okay yes I'm so happy to thank you here you go that's what I should have done at Old Navy I yes. should have done that whole thing and then turned around and gone back and taken a bunch of stuff and be like <laughs> oh she'd never <laughs> shoved it in the bag oh, blasted I missed my chance to be a crimer <laughs> well if you'd like to hear an example of her working a jewelry store employee in Philly I got one for you she says in her memoir the gentleman that was serving me must have been the manager or whatever but everyone else congregated in the cluster and they were looking dead at me. I told myself, I can't do this with five or six people staring at me. So as luck favors the bold, or you know, the Romans would say, <laughs> Diamond Dora, she gets lucky when the store manager is shooed away the, the crowd that has gathered in the store. And he embarrassedly explains to Diamond Doris that it was simply a matter of her looking so elegant, right? So all these people staring at her, you know, he's trying to like, downplay the racism of the yeah. moment. And this is the moment when her childhood acting and her original like criminal MO became one and the same. She's like, well, I'm going to dress like this from now on because she got treated the way she's like, oh, it's the perfect cover, right? Yeah, so yeah. let's take a short break. Okay. And I will get back to you with Diamond Doris Payne takes Monte Carlo. Oh, yes. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. 
All right, Elizabeth. Zavin. We're back. Hey, Darren. <laughs> How you doing, Elizabeth? <laughs> so ever since Diamond Doris Payne's mother turned her down to become her fence, she's been working alone. She's like, where can I work alone? In America, she, as I told you, it's the 50s, the early 60s. She's got problems with racism pretty much every turn, even in the North. So yeah. she's like, I'm going over to where all of the jazz musicians have done really well for the last 30 years. I'm going to Europe. Yep. Before she goes to head off to Europe, she does have this one criminal partner I'd like to tell you about real quickly. Yeah, you got sure. a second? The dude's name was Babe. Mm-hmm. He just sticks out in memory. He was six foot two. He was an Israeli dude living in Cleveland, right? And his government name was Harold Bronfeld. Okay. Now, Harold Bronfeld, Babe, was a certified criminal with all the ties you would want to the underworld, like legit, uh-huh. right? So he becomes like a paramour to Diamond Doris. Huh. And yeah, so the early on... She gets busted in a jewel heist or is suspected, and she gets arrested and popped by the Cleveland police. And then good old babe swans on in, and he has lawyers, the good kind, the expensive kind. He gets his lawyers aimed at her case. He gets her released on a guilty plea Mm -hmm. with no time served in jail. No way. Good lawyers. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And it's all thanks to babe. Now, things were good for her and babe for a good long time, but unfortunately... Babe was the sort of underworld character who felt the need to get cosmetic surgery to re- always, yeah. to make his face look like totally different. So he's like, I'm going to be a different babe. You're like, goes, okay, babe. He goes in there to get his, uh, his surgery. He goes under the knife complication for surgery. He passes away. See, that's the risk. Yes, okay. exactly. So this And lady- he said, that'll do, pig. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Babe. I get it. Okay. I get it. I just didn't battle do peg with the, the man on the table. I was like, <laughs> Well, that's what, the, that's what the doctor said when they put the <laughs> yeah, sheet over his the face. the white sheet over. That'll do that'll pig. That'll do pig. And everyone just like lowered their heads in a moment of silence. Credits roll. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Diamond Horse Payne, this is what sends her out on her own. This is like basically the last time she's like, oh, she did have another woman a, a, who's a, a lady who ran a brothel in Cleveland mm-hmm. who she also worked with for a while. Mm-hmm. And that lady would give her tips about like where to run her campaigns <laughs> so she would go off and she's like she quote she says quote she told me where to go and she'd give me names i used to set up shop and sell to cleveland indian baseball players no yes. way so the old cleveland guardians cleveland indians she uh-huh. would sell to those ball players and this actually got her in trouble because like you know she ended up like well i'll get to that later just remind me willie mays but oh, let's get on okay. let's wow. get on to europe yes so diamond doris she longed as i told you for a bigger score the racism of america is holding her back so she's like i want brighter horizons i want you know shores that are more inviting to me and so she goes where is elegance and opulence where can i take my show on the road in europe that would really be you know something befitting my talents Mm -hmm. she remembers when she was a kid back in slab fork west virginia reading all about the marriage of hollywood royalty grace kelly and prince rainier right and this is like a big deal when she was a little girl so she's just stuck with her she's like i'm going there yeah it's funny it's funny to me at least once again how often these criminals are they model their reality on movies yeah basically grace kelly scarlett o'hara these are like her models for the life that she wants right yeah so she goes off to monaco but before she does that, she's like, you know, I should probably brush up on my skills. I bet those European jewel people, they're probably top notch. They, I don't know all the stuff. So she goes to Manhattan and she's like, I'll practice at, at Saks Fifth Avenue. I'll practice yeah. at like all the swanky spots. That makes sense. And so she does this. She practices being moneyed, just mm-hmm. being able to convey this vibe, right? So she said, quote, for three weeks, I watched the women in Saks Fifth Avenue like a hawk. I read the New York Times every day and I studied Vogue to mimic the fashions and memorize the most valuable jewels. Jewels. So she gets her legwork down, yeah, right? Yeah. The year, by the way, is 1974. This is okay. after Babe has passed away. And she's like, you know, still kind of bouncing around the Pittsburgh, Cleveland area. And now she's in New York. She's about to go off to Europe. But first, I wanted to point out, this is the summer of 1974. Do we know a little bit about the summer of 1974? Not off the top of my head. Well, there was this little story that happened in the summer of 1974. The president of the United States, my man, Richard Nixon, which <laughs> oh, I say my man with my tongue so firmly pressed <laughs> in my cheek, I think I bruised myself. But my man, Richard Nixon, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. This is when he decided to, you know, basically quiet quit the White House. And he was right. like, I'm out. Peace. I'm, I'm, I'm retiring from the game. Right. Yeah. Diamond Doris Payne's like, I'm going deep in the game. Yeah. So they cross paths. Like he's leaving power. She's ascending to power. Oh, they don't, actually cross, they don't paths. actually cross paths. Oh. It was just a kind of a thing because, you know, I just wanted to place this in time. It is. It's an interesting. So that fateful summer of 74, Diamond Doris Payne hops her bag or packs her bags rather and hops on a flight to Nice, France, which uh-huh. we visited before in these stories. It's yes. a good place for criminals to go. Yeah. Because yes. there's a lot of dumb and wealthy people there. Correct. So she wends her way down to Monte Carlo, and 
I'll just let her set the stage. You ready? Mm-hmm. Quote, it was so gorgeous to drive through the spaces of wide open skies above valleys, rows of hills and evergreen trees like back home in West Virginia. For the short 30-minute ride, I experienced mountains that descended to the sea. As we entered Monaco, there were yachts with their masts sticking up like pins out of one of mom's pincushions. To my left, the high cliffs of chalky limestone looked no different from the limestone cliffs and mountain passes of West Virginia. I thought, child, you have come a long way from taking the bus to Pittsburgh. <laughs> we drove through a small tunnel and there it was, the wealth of terracotta tile roofs piled on the hillside right down to the Mediterranean Sea. So from West Virginia yeah, to Monte Carlo. Wow. What a moment for her, right? Yeah. I just love that. Anyway, so to anyone who asked, she would explain her presence in Monte Carlo by telling them, well, what we what I would call a believable lie. Okay. She would tell folks that she was the wife of the film director Otto Preminger. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Now, for those who don't know, Otto Reminger was a big filmmaker back in the day, and he was married to the actress Dorothy Dandridge, a black woman. And because he's a European filmmaker, he didn't give two feathers or a fig what Americans thought. Mm -hmm. So he did it. Now, perhaps Diamond Doors was thinking maybe people don't know what Dorothy Dandridge looks like in 1974. Could be. But I don't know. But the lie worked exceedingly well. Maybe she thought, you know, Otto Preminger has a taste, a a type, a style of woman he goes for. (laughs) I don't know. That could be. Anyway, she's there. It's work. And the lie has given her like a a belief reason to be there. Mm-hmm. Time to shop. So she gets a driver. She he says, please take me to the most exclusive shopping district, which is this place called Place du Casino. Oh. So she goes to Place du Casino. The street signs, they're all in French, Elizabeth. Yeah. Like, she doesn't read French. So she has no idea what she's doing. She's like, okay, I've got to trust this guy. So Diamond Doris, she's like, oh, wait, I forgot Catholicism. This will once again come to my rescue. How could Catholicism <laughs> yeah, come to her rescue? How? And I quote, I knew just enough French to get by. Mom had been raised Catholic. Without a place to worship in Slab Fork, she had recited the priest's part and the congregation's part of the Catholic Mass while doing the dishes. Whoa. Those Latin roots had given me just enough. Yeah, and that's pre-Vatican too. So exactly. She's, talk, she's in speaking Latin. in Latin. While doing wow. dishes. She's doing a high mass while doing dishes. That's Her amazing. own high mass, both as a congregation <laughs> and priest. Wow. She'll see, you can see that Diamond Doris Payne comes from a line of creative people. Yeah, you, definitely. So, and, and honestly, I've done the exact same thing bouncing around Europe because you'll see the signs and it'll be written in three, four languages. Mm-hmm. And so that's like how I learn other languages because I will take the Spanish I do know and I'll apply it to the French I don't really know or the German I need to know or whatever it right. is. Anyway, that's like also, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but Spanish works really well in Italy. Oh, yeah. You say it with an Italian accent. <laughs> it's so close. Yeah. It's like, uh, dame due pollo. <laughs> and they, they know exactly what I mean. It's just like, anyway. So Diamond Doris, she makes it work for herself just about the same way. She's bouncing around, speaking her like pigeon French with Latin roots. Mm-hmm. And this to her feels like a winning campaign. She's like, oh, I'm on one, right? And the other thing that she's tickled by, she's out of America. And I quote, on the streets, I didn't see one black person, but I was all right holding things down for my people in Monte Carlo. Holding things down, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So now that she's in Monte Carlo, making her way, looking clean in the latest drip, she's all ready to operate, right? So rather than just tell you about it, I think mm-hmm. I'd like you to close your eyes. <gasps> my eyes are closed. And Elizabeth, picture it. Yes. Elizabeth, you've recently started a new job in Monte Carlo. You're working in a jewelry store. It's not your favorite gig, but you still have those school loans to pay off for your time at Clown College. Oh, that's right. While you wait to make it as France's next big mime, you happily bide your time at your day job working at the counter of Cartier. It's a small crowd today as they shop. Cartier, as you well know, is an amazing place to work. It's the world's preeminent jeweler. Mm -hmm. And today is no exception. As the few swanky-looking customers take a gander at all of the gemstones on offer, you and the other employees glide over along the glass cabinets and graciously show them whatever it is that they'd like to see. You see an older black woman who's been looking over some diamond rings. So you walk over to her. And this same woman would later recall of this day and her time with you in the Cartier store Quote, the place had Bella Epoque decor. There were velvety black displays of diamond necklaces and glass cases with black velvet tubes of diamond bracelets. I saw what I'd come for. Glass cases with big-ass rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Now that she's seemingly ready to try on one of those big-ass rocks, Uh you warmly greet the older woman and ask her if if there's a ring that she would like to look at. She smiles graciously and points out with a really elegant move that there are three rings that she'd like to try. You open up the glass case, you bring out the three diamond rings. Just as you set them down, the doors to the store open, and some loud, patchouli-scented American hippie strolls into the RTA store like it's some head shop and he needs rolling papers. And oh, everyone's wow. like, what the hell? Well, David Crosby. 
<laughs> you don't belong here. And take Stephen Stills with you. Now, the American hippie, he clearly, as you point out, doesn't belong in this world's premier jewelry store. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect distraction for the older black woman you've been helping. But you don't know this. While you and everyone else suspiciously eye this dirty hippie, the older woman standing before you swipes one of the diamond rings. You don't even see her make the move it's so well-practiced. The big-ass rock has a price tag of $550,000. No way. That's about $3 million in today's dollars. A $3 million ring? Wow. And you notice that there's now one less ring than you brought out. But right at that same moment, your boss, the floor manager, looks over at you with a steely eye. The dirty hippie is still milling about, making everyone nervous. The floor manager calls you over with just her eyes. It's a very French, come over here right now look. <laughs> and now you put the rings on top of the shelf with a glass case and you lock it. And then you go to walk over to your boss. And right in that moment, you have the flash. Wait, the third ring you forgot to grab. And you turn around and you hear the lady say, oh, my driver is here. And there's more shopping to be done. I'll come for the piece tomorrow. And she goes to walk out. And you don't know what to do. You smile politely because that is you how you're a practice and well-trained, uh-huh. and you're still focusing on your steely-eyed floor manager who is dread- demanding you come over here and deal with the dirty-ass American hippie. So you are busy, and then, with one quick look back at the customer, out the door, gone. Now you have a multi-million dollar ring. You have to explain oh, no. why it is gone. Man, that's curtains for Marcel Marsoso. <laughs> Diamond, you're going back to Clown College. Diamond Doris has struck again. <laughs> so while you try to think of a copacetic way to let tell this pain in the ass boss that you just let your $2.5 million ring out the door, yeah. Diamond Doris is going to stroll casually back to her hotel. And we wow. will follow her as her calm exterior is just a act. She is fretting on the inside, just absolutely redlining, but trying to stay calm. Oh, really? This is oh, the that's biggest hard. score she yeah. has ever pulled off. So I I don't know how you walk when you're nervous, but she's doing her best to not do just the nervous to, like, walk. Puddle of pee following <laughs> exactly. me. Exactly, just drip, drip, drip. Elizabeth <laughs> went that way. So uh, as she gets back to her hotel room, dry legged, she <laughs> quickly packs, takes a cab to the Nice airport. Right now, once she's in the oh taxi yeah, you cab, gotta get out of town. She's at that like, point. I'm good to go. And a diamond door, she pulls out her diamond ring, and she's never really noticed the price tag. She looks and spots the price tag. She's blown away. It's a string of zeros. She has never stolen anything like this. As she wrote in her memoir, quote, I never saw that many in my life. I broke out in a sweat and everything. I was freaked out thinking I had taken something that the whole world was going to be looking for. So now, as she's like basically racing to the Nice airport with something that she knows is pretty much a major jail sentence. Right. She knows that the spot is hot. So she's like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? Meanwhile, the gendarmes have been contacted by Cartier, and they are indeed hot un- in hot pursuit. They are yeah. hot on her case, right? The airport is the first place she checked. They check for her. Of course. They're like, we know she's going there. So the gendarmes, they make it in time, and they find her posted up, waiting for her flight, oh, no. sitting there with the diamond ring still on her. Wow. So they're like, madame, we'd like you to come with us. <laughs> Do you have a moment? And then she's like, oh, no, no, I'm going. I'm an American. I can't understand you. Oh, no. Doesn't work, right? So she's taken in police custody. She then has to figure out how does she hide this diamond? So what does she do? Uh-oh. What would you do? You're in police custody. You know you have the diamond on you. They have yet to check. Me? Yes. I would have like a major panic attack. <laughs> You'd I'd hand be it like, back someone to the... put this in my pocket. <laughs> I found this a gap. There's no, <laughs> there's no way I could I could not physically sustain through a situation yeah, like that. No, I think one of your parts would fall off. <laughs> I think so. So she keeps somehow a cool head and she manages to pop the diamond ring in her mouth. Oh, okay. So she now has it hidden in her mouth, but that's only going to be good for so long. You know, that gets her through a couple searches. But now she realizes I need to move it again. So she uses a bit of theater and she uh, fakes a sneeze and she passes the diamond ring into the tissue. Uh And from that point, then she takes the tissue and she manages to get that into her pantyhose. So Uh now she's got the diamond ring tucked away in her pantyhose. This allows her to get it through a strip search because she's able to pile up her pantyhose and they don't apparently pat it down accurately. So the French police apparently not sticklers for like a thorough like American style cavity search. So <laughs> anyway, the gendarmes, they don't find the ring. So now they can't accuse her of stealing anything because there's no stolen property on her. But they're like, that's ah, not going to stop us. We're going to still going to take you into custody. They hold her for nine months in a hotel. Nine mu- Wait. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> nine months and then my in a hotel? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, exactly. What? <laughs> so they hold her for nine months while they constantly try to convince her to tell them where the ring is. She won't break. So they just basically, I don't know how the, the jurisprudence of this works, but yeah. they they charge her, but don't charge her. And they hold her in, in custody.
custody, in French custody. And uh-huh. they have her like stored in a hotel because there is no women's facility in Nice. So they have to just, they have a, a woman's prison guard posted outside of her hotel room <laughs> and they just make a one person prison. Oh man. So there she is, right? Now she gets to know the prison guard. So she's telling, oh, hey, I, I've got a, I, I need a couple of favors. So the prison guard would give her stuff. So one day she's like, okay, I think I figured out how I'm going to get this ring because she still has the ring in her stuff. Right. She's still hiding it. And so she tells the prison guard, hey, I need um some thread and needle to mend some stockings. And then the, you know, the person's like, okay. She's also, I need some toenail clippers. They're like, toenail clippers? Like, yeah, for my toenails. Well, so like, nine months, yeah. So she's like, okay, I'll get you the toenail clippers. She's like, I have some in my bag. You can just go to my bag and pull the stuff out. The, the, the gendarme prison guard's like, oh, we. And so they, she goes over. She pulls out the toenail clippers. She gives her the thread and the needle. And then she goes in and she then takes the toenail clippers. And I'll leave it to Diamond Doris. Quote, I used the toenail clippers to pry the diamond out of the mounting, and I threw the mounting in the Mediterranean. So apparently she had a Mediterranean view in her hotel what? room. So she's in Nice with a Mediterranean oh view, like a God. balcony and flowers on Close the rail. Close enough to throw something into yes. the ocean. Yeah. So she then she takes the, the, the diamond and what she is uh, still... I'm going to go get busted in Nice. <laughs> right? So she puts this the diamond into a bunch of thread, like basically makes a little ball of thread, mm-hmm. and then sews that into her girl and then wears the girdle the rest of the time. So now she's got this diamond girdle and she manages <laughs> to outlast the French. After the nine months pass, they're like, fine, we'll let you go. And then she flies back to America with the girdle because, you know, they don't do all the metal searches right. and everything. So she gets the diamond back to America where she promptly goes to a pawnbroker and sells it for a third of its value. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's incredible. So she managed to get one over on the gendarmes. Wow. We'll take another quick little break, and I'll be back with the rest of the Doris Payne Life and Crimes. Ooh la la. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. So, Elizabeth. Darren. I told you that Nixon left the White House. Yeah, he Now told we're me back in that. America. Gerald Ford is in the White House. It's okay. 1975. I remember him. Gerald Ford, yeah. yeah. The guy who fell well. I forget him a lot. Yeah. Well, he was there. Yeah. So, the old college football center, you know, old dingy. He, <laughs> he's the president, but he doesn't matter at all, right? Yeah. Because Doris Payne is out of her legal trouble. She's escaped Monte Carlo and the Nice Airport, and she's made it back to America. And, uh, well, what does she do now? 
I don't know. She goes back to Europe. You tell me. Starts stealing again. Oh, she went back. Yes. This time she's like, "Well, I'm not going to go back to France That's immediately." A bold move. She goes to Rome. She's like, "I, I think my, <laughs> Ciao, att- I think my Latin may go further there." <laughs> so she goes to Rome, and she, uh, when she's in Rome, she hits up the uh, the Bulgari store. You know, Bulgari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she goes to Bulgari, and she records in her memoir, "Diamond Doris: The True Story of the World's Most Notorious Jewel Thief," uh-huh. that she quote finally met her match in a jewelry store employee. Uh-oh. Yeah. So quote, this dude was trained like a strip. But I was going to find a way to flip it on him. Train like a stripper. I think like he was professional. Okay. She was saying like he was, he was able to handle everything, all comers. Yeah, yeah. So it took some wrangling and some sweet talk and distraction. But eventually Diamond Doris was able to slip a yellow diamond ring under her middle finger. And the jewelry store employee, the one who was up to snuff, mm-hmm. he failed to notice this move. Oh. So she'd done her like distraction and like graceful like a like magician's hands or whatever. Yeah. Now she's got the rock on her finger, right? Mm-hmm. And I imagine it's turned around so the the rock is inside by, by her palm, right. right? But anyway, Diamond Dor- Doris goes, oh, where's the loo? And then, or the bathroom. Uh-huh. And so the person tells her, she excuses herself to the restroom, but instead of going to the restroom, what does she do? She beelines at the front door, out sure. the store, right? <laughs> because they just believe she's going to the restroom. They she's turn to go do stuff. Dove ill restroom. Exactly. <laughs> so emboldened by her good luck, Diamond Doris is like, you know what, I'm thinking... I'm on a good one right now. So she goes on a five-day, four-city campaign, hitting all the hot spots she can. Uh-huh. She pops over the channel. She takes a stop over in London. She manages to hit up the British jeweler Gerard and Company. Mm-hmm. Do you know Gerard and mm-hmm. Company or Gerard? So they're, I didn't know this. They're the jeweler of the British crown. Right. She ripped them off. Okay. Nice spot, right? <laughs> okay. she walk, yeah, she walks back onto the plane when she's going to return to America. And at this point, she has a small fortune on her this time. Yeah. Quote, I was carrying what would amount today to nearly one million worth of jewelry on me wow yes so but as with all good things there were signs that the heady days of robbing the queen of England's jeweler and slipping away like she's the scarlet pimpernel are behind her yeah because the most dire sign is she started to get caught way more often (laughs) yeah for for decades she's rarely ever nabbed right she used to say quote I never went to jail and stayed that is the reputation I wanted I knew I could get out she starts to lose that reputation. <laughs> oh, so for the longest time, that's her deal, right? So she's in Zurich for her 50th birthday. The year is 1980. And she spends the day acquiring Rolexes while she's out drinking with mm-hmm. her driver. So mm-hmm. she's sliding in and out of consciousness, stealing Rolexes in Zurich, right? Happy 50th to me. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> so she also violates one of her own rules. She's operating while drunk. Like, she, yeah. she's like OSHA. Do not operate this machinery <laughs> while drunk, right? Yeah. So. But she, uh, for her 50th birthday, she breaks a rule. She breaks one of the Diamond Doris Ten Commandments, and she goes and gets drunk with her driver. The, they throw back way too many cocktails. And then that same evening, feeling festive, she goes out to a nightclub. Mm-hmm. Quote, next thing I know, I'm up and dancing. I'm not having a great time, right? Oh, so Doris. she's turn, turning out the dance floor. But she doesn't know this. She's on TV because this club has a link that they broadcast on Swiss TV showing all the nice oh, revelries and everything we are doing here. And it's so amazing, <laughs> right? So everybody... The, turns out there are some viewers of this show that aren't just club kids, the local police. They apparently bump I'm this sure into the station. Yeah, I'm sure they watch it. They spot for Diamond Doris and recognize her, so they just go on down to the club. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, so on her 50th birthday, she gets arrested and she's sent on a train to Geneva to stand trial for theft. But the cops made one fatal mistake. Uh-huh. The train wasn't a nonstop train. <laughs> hey, stop. <laughs> so it stopped to reload fresh water and Diamond Doris, that's all she needed to make a getaway. Oh, so, yeah. quote, I jumped off the train. It was funny too later because I looked bad. I looked awful. <laughs> that's what she's thinking <laughs> about when she gets away. She's like, my wig was all sideways. Anyway, she's lost in the darker Switzerland, bouncing uh-huh. around by herself. Diamond Doris wanders all through the night. Remember, this is her 50th birthday. Right. So she makes it to a town, doesn't know where she is, she doesn't know if she's uh, what border maybe she's crossed. She all she knows is she's crossed some cornfields, some farms. She went through a goat herd, and then all of a sudden she finds this taxi driver working that night in the quiet part of town, uh-huh. late at night. So she offers him all the money she has on her for a ride. Yeah. She doesn't have any money on her. <laughs> she tells him that, right? So, oh, no. Because remember, she's arrested. So, <laughs> right. And she doesn't know where to go. So she's like, yes, go to that direction, right? So the driver isn't suspicious because he's up late at night doing his own thing. Uh-huh. So she knows she just needs to keep moving, right? And plus, she's also starting to sober up. Because remember, she's been really drunk. Right, she's all right. of this drunk. Oh, God. 
So she's got also the sudden memory of these stolen Rolexes popping into the fore of her mind. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, that's right. Oh, the, how embarrassing. She's like having all this, like, it's a really bad 50th birthday. Is it what sounds I'm saying, like it. Right? So as the effects of the drink are creeping up on her and fading away at the same time, she said, quote, I didn't know what the hell was wrong with me. Maybe I'm too old for this I told myself. Wow. And this is a time-hardered tradition in the black community. When you've reached the point of saying, maybe I'm too old for this you are too old for this <laughs> So, I mean, it's really, it's true. So, yeah. Danny Glover sealed it in, in Lethal right. Weapon, and we've all known it ever since then. <laughs> exactly. So Now, Nyman Doris, she didn't listen to herself, which mm-hmm. is she should have. Instead, she starts getting busted with the smooth regularity of a Rolex watch. Oh, God. Yes, in the 1980s, Diamond Doris is busted in Ohio. She's caught after she went to a hospital for treatment. Problem was, she was under federal custody at the time. So she was under federal custody, went to the hospital, tried to walk out. She gets busted. She goes uh-huh. back to federal custody. Yeah. 1991, she gets caught stealing, like Jane's addiction. <laughs> she was in prison for five months. She had stolen a $17,000 ring from a store in Elira. Yeah. So eight years later, in 1999, Diamond Doris is busted again, this time in Denver, Colorado, for a $57,000 ring. Thanks to this bust, she's now facing serious time. She gets uh, sentenced to 12 years. She only ends up doing five, though. They release her on, like, you know, crowding, I think, prison crowding. Yeah. 2010, she gets popped in Costa Mesa, California. She was in a Saks Fifth Avenue store. She was trying to buy, uh, like, or lift a Burberry coat for $1,300. She gets oh. spotted ripping the price tag out of the coat. She's getting sloppy at this oh, point. Oh, that is, yeah. Later that same year, she's busted in a Macy's for attempting to steal a diamond ring worth nine grand. You notice the prices are dropping yeah, fast, right? Yeah. So the amounts are going down, the busts are going up. These are inversely proportional, bad for Diamond yeah, Doris, right? Yeah. Never good for a career criminal for this to happen. <laughs> this is bad end of the career averages, right? She's like a star athlete. These would be the bummer years. These would totally. be like the, oh man, like the, you know, soon to be Aaron Rodgers on the Jets When years. you're like, go ahead and retire. Yes, exactly. Yeah. When you as a fan wish they retired. Yes. You're like, okay, well, I, as a fan of Diamond Doris, I'm like, girl, hang up. <laughs> Throw the in game. the towel. Yeah, well. In 2011, she's 81 years old. She's still working hard in the heist game. Are you kidding me? She went on an epic tear. She starts ripping off diamonds from Palm Springs to San Diego. She was like a criminal snowbird. She like went where <laughs> right? the good weather was, but just for ripping stuff off, oh, right? Golly. She's like a jailbird, a, like a snow jailbird. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Right. Anyway, so she gets busted in San Diego, sentenced to 16 months in a San Diego prison. She gets caught stealing a one-carat diamond ring, like, that's Old it? Doris would be looking so down yeah. on her, right? One of the detectives from the San Diego PD, this dude, Detective Thomas Jacks, he recalled that Diamond Doris, quote, was a nice old lady who seemed, quote, like my mom and my grandparents. And Detective Jacks also added that, quote, I think she's romanticized this beyond what it really is. She is a thief, and what she does affects other people. No, so he's that's like, very true. You've basically become a victim of your own myth-making. <laughs> so Diamond Doris's lawyer, Gretchen Von Helms, she was quick to defend her. She's like, well, you know, my... my my client, you have to understand, quote, never hurt anybody, and quote, is not forceful. Like, when you're getting down to the point, look, she's never actually smashed anyone in the face, you know? But this is not exactly a ringing endorsement. See what I did there? Yeah. I like so, it. So <laughs> this, this is the metric that they're using for crime, which is if you're not hurting anybody... Who cares? I've said this before. This is my metric. Uh-huh. Diamond Doris is really testing me on this one. I yeah, have to admit. she really is. <laughs> because as Detective Jack says, Diamond Doris was indeed hurting folks, right? She was like the jewelry store owners, blah, whatever. That's but what I was saying. Like, mostly yeah. the, the employees. Yep. Like, that's who I was thinking about. The employees that she's stealing from, they're losing their job. You know oh, they're getting yeah, fired, right? Completely. So yeah. Anyway, the, the, remember I said earlier, Willie Mays? Yes, that's Bringing right. it back to Willie Mays. Thank you. Another one is an example of back in the 60s, she stole a diamond ring back when she was, you know, selling stuff to the the Cleveland ball players. Mm-hmm. She stole a ring, and it turned out through an odd course of events, Willie Mays's wife gets blamed for the theft. Willie Mays's wife then gets arrested what? for the theft. And Willie Mays's wife spends like time being like having her whole everything be disparaged. Willie Mays looks bad. It's like She's a whole like, thing. I do not need to do. This. Yes, exactly. So, oh my God. there's another example of somebody who gets hurt by Diamond yeah, Doris Payne. Yeah. So anyway, so when she was asked though, when she, if she had any regrets mm-hmm. in a 2022 interview with Karen Greer from Atlanta. Channel 2 news team. Yeah. <laughs> Kara, she, Diamond Doris told the journalist uh, Karen Greer, well, I didn't kill nobody or rob nobody. And so, once again, the same bar. It's a yeah, low bar to clear. It's a very low bar. So Karen Greer pointed out what I basically pointed out is, well, you kind of robbed somebody. Yeah. And she's like... And I, I would go past kind of, Karen. <laughs> they, you did rob somebody. Yeah, and you hurt people. Yeah, you definitely did. So, but ever in a colorful twist of semantics, Diamond Doris argued, I didn't rob them. They gave it to me. 
<laughs> so she went through their stupidity. It's like the child's version of like, well, they handed it to me. I didn't steal it. I was just I, borrowing I, it. I walked out with it. I thought they gave it to me. I'm like, oh, come God. on, snap two. <laughs> anyway, the chairman and the owner of the luxury jeweler brand Black Star and Frost, this cat named Alfred Molina, no relation to the Dr. Octopus actor, Alfred yes. Molina. Yeah. He uh, he said of Diamond Doris, quote, I found her to basically have an open heart and to share her life with everyone. She's not a threat to society. I don't agree with what she has done, but I see her as a product that was created by us. Hmm. Whoa. That's, yeah, when I read that's that, charitable. I actually literally thought that. I was like, damn, I yeah. never expect to hear that. Yeah. Anyway, it's a generous, admirable view from right. a jeweler. I'll give him to that. Admittedly, his company was never a target of Diamond Doris. Well, that's easy to say then, yeah. But he ta- he said, and I quote, that it, you know, if Diamond Doris had, you know, uh, hit his store, his opinion would have not changed even, quote, one degree. Eh, yeah, that's, that's not really. We can test it. that one in theory, but in reality, <laughs> well, we don't know. So, the Jewelers Security Alliance President John J. Kennedy, not to be confused with former President John F. Kennedy, okay, and not to be confused with Senator John Neely Kennedy, Louisiana, right? This John J. Kennedy. Uh, he told Business Insider, quote, it's extraordinarily rare for a criminal to have that lengthy of a career. Usually they either stop because they have enough money and they don't want the risk anymore or they're dead. <laughs> so or- <laughs> it really gets right down to it. So in, in other words, Diamond Doris has explained why she can't stop stealing diamonds. Like basically she, it, she speaks to his point. And she mm-hmm. said, quote, stealing jewelry, it was just exciting, which is what you said. Yeah. And I c- continue the quote. It also became a social outlet for me. This was her way of meeting new people. A social outlet. <laughs> and quote, that was my everything. I don't regret being a jewel thief. Do I regret getting caught? Yes. So <laughs> Regrets, I have a few. Yeah, so she's still a little, like, you know, prickly. Yeah. But uh, she did say that, quote, I've been a jewel thief for many, many years. I am exceptionally proud of my being the very opposite of what is expected. So she's still wow. flexing on him. Now, in 2015, Diamond Doris was busted yet again. Mm-hmm. At least this time, the ring was in the double digits. She was back up around a $33,000 ring. She Wait, gets busted in Charlotte, North Carolina in 2015. Oh. How old is she at that point? Uh, 85. Yeah, 85. Wow. Yeah, so the next year she gets caught in Atlanta at the Perimeter Mall. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had her <laughs> eye on malls. a $2,000 necklace. Oh. She gets out of jail in 2017, is promptly busted again and at the age of 86. This time the granny with the larsen in his fingers is busted stealing a $690 pair of Christian Dior earrings from a Saks Fifth Avenue in Atlanta Phipps Plaza. Oh, that's a bummer. Dude, I grew up a street away from Atlanta Phipps Plaza. Oh, really? I could, I could literally picture the parking lot. I'm like seeing her getting pulled out and put into the police car. Like I was Aww. like, yeah, it was sad, right? So the bummer bust is though when she the, the ultimate bummer bust, and this is a series of bummer busts, mm-hmm. is she gets caught later that year, the same year, 2017, attempting to steal $86 worth of stuff from a Walmart in Chambly, Georgia. Oh God. Yeah. She was wearing an ankle monitor at the oh, time. No. <laughs> yes. When she gets popped in the Chambly Walmart, Diamond Doris <laughs> had a ready excuse. And she said that this was a career strategy. Uh-huh. She claimed she got busted on purpose. She wanted the publicity. She said, quote, if I come to Atlanta, I might get a book deal. I might get a movie deal because this is the only city in the United States that blacks have any firm footing. Oh, my God. Now, unlike most of our other criminals, she did not get that book deal. Not then. But how about a movie deal? Well, there was in the works. There was Uh a movie almost about her in 2008. It was going to star, can you guess? No. Halle Berry. Real, Halle Berry. Yeah, Diamond Doris, Halle Berry. Yeah. But that wasn't the call because Diamond Doris wasn't so into Halle Berry. She said, You're quote, when they mentioned Halle Berry, I was kind of shocked. She is not the person I would choose to portray me because Halle Berry has a carriage about her. She don't really know who she is. But Queen Latifah, she just lets it all Wait, hang out. Stop. It doesn't matter how much she has. She's just a good old girl. Stop. Yeah, so she wanted Queen Latifah to play her. She saw that opening to what's that movie? You and I, Oh, the movie? Oh, yeah, uh, Set Him Off? Yeah, no, no, no. The movie where she's like a bike messenger and oh. there's that ridiculous <laughs> opening. Yeah, I can't think of what it is. I don't know. Totally. But where she's like, you have this She's doing stunts. Crazy stunts. Very like, sure it's not her. off a subway rail on a bike and then she pulls off a helmet. <laughs> Queen Latifah. <laughs> Maybe she saw that in prison. That's what I'm saying. She yeah. saw that and she was like, no, so, that's me. Yeah, that That's what I look like <laughs> on a mountain bike. So, oh my God, that's amazing. After the Halle Berry biopic gets shelved and the Queen Latifah movie never goes forward, uh-huh. in 2000. A Netflix documentary is made about Diamond Doris. It's called The Life and Crimes of Doris Payne. And now there is a new biopic in the works. It will star, can you guess? No. Tessa Thompson. 
Oh, okay. That's interesting. She's already blurbed on Doris Payne's memoir. Quote, Doris Payne is an unapologetic badass. I love her. So (sighs) she's a big fan. And apparently she has long coveted a chance to play her. So she's tweeted about it. She's all excited. So keep keep an eye on that space. Anyway, if you'd like to check more of her story, Uh be sure to check the documentary. Or you can read more of her own words in her memoir, Diamond Doris, The True Story of the World's Most Notorious Jewel Thief. In the book, she closes her story with these words. And I quote, did I imagine some of this, make it up, elaborate it, polish it like a good diamond, make you want to look at it, make you smile? You have to decide. She's not still with us, is she? She's still alive. You're kidding. Yes, she is not deceased. She's out there still swiping rings and getting busted in Walmarts to this day. If I had any money, I would send it to her. I'd be like, girl, get yourself a good Cadillac and cruise (laughs) this country. That's amazing. So what's our ridiculous takeaway here? Well, you know, she's... Maybe it's good for your health, this whole... I mean, look at her. She's... Maybe crime is good for your health. Maybe it's good for your health. You know, she doesn't have dementia. She doesn't have, I mean, have, that's like, pretty impressive. Of, yeah, like, she's got a good bit of health. She's incredible. Doris. Although, I do have to be a little bit real about this. You got to know when to get out of the game or yeah. get some young blood to help you. Either she gets a young girl to come in and help her yeah. or some young brother to be a distraction. Yeah, but I mean, I know people who, once they retire, their health goes down. I know. I'm so not saying she's retired. Think... Just recognize that she needs, like, a, you know, she needs to start DHing. She can't be out yeah. in the field. She needs she needs a mentee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she yeah. got herself one of them young mentees and start doing like, I don't know, like some Luke Skywalker and Ray stuff where he's like, I'm going to train you. And I'm going to be mad about it the whole time. She needs a baby Yoda. Yes, exactly. Everyone needs a baby Yoda. Everyone does me. And you need a Babu Frick. I really need a Babu Frick. <laughs> What's your ridiculous takeaway? I, 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 that's pretty much it. You need to know when to get <laughs> out of the, the game. That's the problem. Like when you tell a story and then you're asked, What's your ridiculous takeaway? I'm like, Hello, if you've not been listening. My this whole ridiculous time, so. takeaway is you need a Babu Frick, girl. I do need a Babu Frick. <laughs> well, that's all I got for you. I just wanted to tell you a crime biopic, so there you go. See, Diamond that's the thing. Doris we have Payne. this debate over biopic or biopic, too. Oh, yeah. I say biopic, you say biopic. I was in Hollywood. I know. That's how they said it down there. I know. I'm not. Yeah, that is my best Andy Kaufman. <laughs> I'm from Hollywood. Anyway, you can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter's for the discourse. Instagram's where we put up all the photos for these episodes, that we, all the stuff we've been talking about. We'll have some good ones with Diamond Doris Payne. Uh, the stories are there for some laughs. And, uh, yeah, if you want to reach out to us, hit us up at RidiculousCrime at gmail.com. We always appreciate hearing from you. As always, thanks for listening. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett. Produced and edited by Diamond Dave Couston. Research is by Marissa Diamonds Off Forever Brown and Andrea Diamonds Off, a girl's best friend, song sharpened here. Our theme song is by Thomas Diamond Dog Lee and Travis Demon on the Diamond, thoracic specialist Dutton. <laughs> Executive producers are Ben Legs Diamond Bolin and Noel Diamond Jim Brady Brown. Hi, Elizabeth, Zarin, Producer Dave. Rude Dude Melody here, reporting for duty, taking one for the team. I knew immediately when I heard about the Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream, I had to try it. I'm happy to see what happens here for everyone else. Who knows? As I said on my Instagram, it's either going to end as a huge success or in tears. I have it sitting right in front of me. I have not opened it. It says on the inside, good job, hands. Now it's mouth's turn. A life without anything good is bad. True, true. And the paper just ripped. Let's try. Okay. It smells interesting. It smells kind of like ranch, but very odd and I do consider myself to be a ranch connoisseur I am a big fan of ranch so it looks just like ice cream nothing exciting all right let's see what happens take a bite whoa this is odd whoa this is really odd um whoa okay so it's actually not terrible If you like ranch dressing, it hits kind of sweet and then you start getting kind of a ranch aftertaste and it feels like I ate a salad now with a lot of ranch dressing on it. Trying another bite. Yeah. 
I don't know. I would get it again. But I'm not sad that I got it now. So, Rude Dudes, if you like ranch dressing, it might be worth a try. I've certainly spent more on stupider things in the past. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning. It's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper. Sunday at 9 on CNN. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.